Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. House Republicans are expected to pass one of their biggest legislative priorities this week, a sprawling party-line energy package. The bill is expected to hit the House floor on Thursday and includes some of the party's most popular energy policies and pitches from the past decade. The bill also takes aim at President Joe Biden's climate policies and is considered an opening pitch by Republicans on a wonky yet critical issue, energy permitting. That's a rare policy area that both parties believe could lead to a bipartisan deal that President Joe Biden might be willing to sign. So today, Politico's Josh Siegel takes a closer look at Republicans' energy package, what's in it, and the state of play this week. It's Wednesday, March 29th. So we saw this really play out on Monday in the Rules Committee, which is kind of the first step to getting the bill on the floor. Republicans are are really emphasizing that H.R. 1 is really designed to be this all-encompassing energy bill that at a broad level is designed to lower energy costs by making it easier to produce, develop, and export oil and gas, but not just fossil fuels, renewable energy, and of course, mining for critical minerals, which is important for renewable energy. And that links in with supply chains. It's another big messaging from Republicans. We develop our own supply chains in the U.S. We can't depend on China, Russia, other volatile regimes who the U.S. doesn't get along with. In uh, conjunction with that, streaming regulations, making permanent easier, that all links together. Democrats, they're basically saying the messaging from Republicans is kind of inconsistent. They're talking about permitting reform. It's really permitting reform in name only. They're not actually doing anything to help clean energy specifically, which is what the big impetus for permitting reform from the White House and Democrats' perspective is the need to build all these clean energy projects that are getting funding, access to subsidies from the IRA. And they're also saying, really, it's more of an oil and gas bill. There's a whole lot more in here for oil and gas than specifically for clean energy. So they're saying, look, you could kind of dress it up as much as you want, but it's really a fossil fuel bill. And I know you went to a Republican event about the bill Tuesday morning. What was your takeaway from that event and how are Republicans responding to the White House's veto threat on this bill and the comments from Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer that the Senate isn't going to take this up? Yeah, so this was an event that was uh, at the America First Policy Institute with Steve Scalise, majority leader, and some of the chairs of the key committees. And, you know, it was interesting to see a lot of the emphasis was really around oil and gas, particularly from Scalise talking about the Biden administration's anti-American energy agenda. And inflation is is a huge focus. They, They feel like energy has been the biggest driver of inflation. We need to address that. There was also some talk around permitting, of course, particularly from Kathy McMorris-Rogers, chair of Energy and Commerce, and Bruce Westerman, chair of Natural Resources, who've been really leading on the permitting aspects. And they're still you know, emphasizing, even to a conservative crowd, that they do want to work bipartisan. This is just kind of the first step. They're going to, of course, go aggressive with their agenda, but they feel like there's parts they can peel off with Senate Democrats. I mean, Morris-Rogers did have a comment on on the veto threat and just how Democrats are portraying this as like, 
a bill for polluters. And then she kind of turned it around and said, look, the biggest polluter is China. The administration's policies are are benefiting China. Of course, that's an oversimplification. But what Republicans have argued is that the Democratic push to move to green energy is, is enhancing our reliance on Chinese supply chains for, for critical minerals and other things. So they're not deterred by the veto threat. They are going full bore and they feel like it's not inconsistent to still want to potentially act bipartisan later on. And you noted that the House Rules Committee also met on Monday to determine which amendments would receive floor consideration. What were your takeaways from that? So ultimately, this was worked out behind closed doors and Republicans eventually agreed to consider 37 amendments to the bill, including just seven of 95 amendments submitted by Democrats. So they they're going forward with this structured rule. So basically, we saw with an earlier bill on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve a, a few months ago, they allowed kind of more of an amendment free for all where you, there were amendments brought on the floor. And this is all pre-worked out in Rules Committee. So we're not going to see any surprises. And, and the idea was that, I mean, look, this is, again, a very broad bill. There's already so much in here. It would have gotten pretty unwieldy to just allow people to offer anything under the sun. So yeah, I mean, the Republicans really, the way they set this up is they made it pretty easy on themselves. I mean, none of, none of these amendments that are going to get votes are particularly tough for them. So the idea, you know, I've had some conversations with a GOP leadership aide and, and some others was to really, there could have been votes in here that would have been awkward, that would have been maybe tough. MVP, again, it's kind of seen as giving Manchin a win and, and not something Republicans want to do. They really worked out a lot of this behind closed doors, and they're hoping that there's not a lot of drama when amendments come up. And this bill is the first official legislative effort on permitting since last Congress. So based on what we saw in the bill and in talking with your sources, what are you hearing about this bill as a starting point for more bipartisan negotiations? Yeah, again, I mean, Republicans like McMorris Rogers, Bruce Westerman are still consistent in saying we do want to work with the Senate on permitting. We're you know anxious to get started. I mean, there hasn't been that really beyond some conversations between Manchin, Bruce Westerman, who I mentioned. McCarthy has had some discussions with Manchin, Speaker McCarthy, but there hasn't been any detailed negotiation. So I, I do think it's still kind of hard to predict how exactly you turn around this partisan package and try to f- peel off a permitting bill. Because again, at a high level, Democrats want to see something on transmission. That's really their whole impetus. There's some interest in doing things with NEPA and making it easier, setting deadlines, dealing with litigation, making it easier to build projects. But a lot of Democrats are uncomfortable with that. So it's hard to see exactly how you work that out in just kind of the vehicle for it and how quickly it happens. But both parties, I talked with some Democrats in the Senate, Martin Heinrich, who's been very invested in this issue says that, look, I mean, this is maybe one of the few policy areas that have any chance to be bipartisan this year. So it's worth taking this as the Republicans opening shot and seeing what we could work with. Also, the Interior Department will release its delayed five-year offshore oil and gas leasing plan in September and expects it to be in effect by December. That's what Interior Secretary Deb Holland told lawmakers on a House Appropriations Subcommittee on Tuesday. The delay for the closely watched program has drawn criticism from fossil fuel advocates and lawmakers who have criticized the administration's pace and the cancellations of oil and gas lease sales. The previous five-year plan laying out future lease sales expired last summer with no succession plan in place. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. 
and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.